Um, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Toby. Um, that's, oh, mum's taking a photo. I'm making a good point. Did you get one? <laughs> that's my mum back there, Jill. Sweetest angel you'll ever meet. Probably closest to the Holy Spirit on this side of earth that you'll meet. Bear with me. Gosh. She's a goer. Okay, okay. So I'm going to be speaking on, I called it Encountering God because I thought, oh, that's a bit more, a bit less controversial. I kind of had, I was like, oh, maybe I'll call it Baptism of the Holy Spirit might be a bit controversial. Then I thought, oh, more, more Lord, yeah, come on, double it, shabba, well. <laughs> maybe not. And I thought, oh, maybe we'll go heal song. Hashtag there is more. Um, but then I thought, no, nah, we'll just go with encountering God. Um, so that's basically the whole of my PowerPoint. Um, okay, so basically, I, so when Tim asked me to teach, um, preach, like, I don't know how long ago it was, two months or something, I was like, ooh, golly, all right, give it a think. And so I was thinking through, and I was kind of thinking about... Um, like the revelation of the Father, that's, I was kind of on this warpath of like, um, okay, I want to speak on the Father heart of God because I felt like it's such a in vogue topic in the church at the moment. Everyone's talking about it and claiming their identities and this and that. Um, but it kind of becomes this inoculation against the message in the sense that people hear a 45-minute sermon and then they're like, all right, tick, done that, Father heart of God, got it. But actually it's like this gateway, this doorway that, to this heart revelation, this whole new way of seeing the world, a new paradigm, a new worldview. Um, so I, I was like on this wallpaper, like getting all the Bible verses up about Father Heart of God and stuff. But every time I was reading them, um, it, would mention, it would talk about the Holy Spirit, like, you know, the love of the Father is poured into our hearts th through the Holy Spirit. So I'm like, oh. And then like the one um, where Jesus talks about where he says, I will, come, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. But like the three sentences before that is all about Holy Spirit. So I'm like, something's going on here. Um, so I thought, all right, let's, let's go, let's give Holy Spirit a go. Um, and yeah, so as soon as I started like listening to sermons, reading books about it, I was like, yeah, right, this is the one, this is the topic. So here we are. Um, yeah, so it's not it's not really going to be a teaching. I'm just going to like share my story with like my history in God and like what Holy Spirit has done. Basically, I just want to show you like wh what Holy Spirit can do to a life. I guess. Um, yeah, let's go. I'll pray and then we'll get going. Um, yeah, Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence in this room right now. Um, we acknowledge your presence within us. Um, and we thank you, Holy Spirit, that it is through you that Jesus and the Father both dwell in our hearts. That you are the only reason that we have direct access to the Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you are the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit and fire. So we ask tonight that um, you would speak to us, that you would open up our hearts, um, and that we would... Um, see something new of you and understand something new of you and experience something new of you, God. Amen. Um, let's go. So, oh, I've got four pages, but oh, here we are. Yeah. Father Heart, I've said that bit. Um, 
Yeah, so about the whole revelation thing. And so I was talking about the Father Heart, how it's a whole way of viewing the world. It like, is meant to change your life. It's like this gateway into this new way of like, relating to God um, and to others around us. And it's the same with Holy Spirit, I guess. Um, and it's the same with probably any teaching about God. You've got like Song of Songs, the Bridal Paradigm, um, all of these different revelations that um, we can either skim over and be like, yep, I've heard a 30-minute sermon on, or we can actually like go deep in and actually like let it change our lives and ask God to reveal it to us. All right, here we go, Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to talk about my life, basically. Um, so I grew up in, a ch- I grew up in the church, um, in a Baptist church, so I was a good little Baptist boy. Um, yeah, <laughs> was that you as well? Yeah, good, Nathan knows. Um, where it's like, you know, God the Father, God the, Hun- God the um, Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, but Holy Spirit was never really talked about. It almost was replaced by God the Holy Bible. Um, yeah, so I had no real understanding. So I was kind of like, I, people who grew up in the church here, you probably can relate, like you're kind of riding off the wave of your parents' Christianity. Um, like you believe in God, but there's no real relationship or interaction there. Um, so, yep, had a good life, was going through life, going through school, um, having a great time. Um, and then, so, the, and then the, uh, about grade, grade eight, uh, seven, eight, nine, I don't know, whenever puberty is happening to your body. Um, and many of you, know, if you know me, like, um, I realized that I was attracted to my own gender. Um, and so that's been the biggest struggle in my life. And that kind of threw a spanner in the works of like, but I'm supposed to be a Christian, what's going on? Um, and like, there's this, uh, I had a lot of shame and self-rejection from that. Um, and I talk about that because I'm going to talk about that later. But I'm just going to mention that. That's a whole other sermon. Um, I'll leave that there. Um, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I wasn't depressed or anything, but I, there was always this weight of like this, um, this sense that I felt about myself that I am, there's just something about me that's broken, that just is, doesn't work. Like, I'm just fundamentally flawed. Um, so went through school, grade 12, graduated in 09, and then, to, I wish Anna were here because she's better with dates. Oh, hey, what, what year did we go to Ilsa? Oh, no, oh, 2011? Yeah, so 2010, um, started uni, studied linguistics, Italian and Spanish. Um, <laughs> um, and then... 2011, there was a group of people from Rivers that were going to drive down to Melbourne for a, for a five-day conference. Um, and my sister was going to go, Aisha. Shout out to Ada. Um, and, but she just, at the last minute, was like, oh, no, like I have something on. Um, and then she just paid for me to go. So I was like, all right, we're going to Melbourne. I think it was with um, Angus, Fowles, um, the Packers, Candice, Boulder, uh, Candice, um, long, um, yeah, a few others, Charlie, Anna. Um, yeah, so we went down to Melbourne. So this was run by a church called Catch the Fire. Um, they're from Toronto. And if you've been in Christianity for a while, you'll know in the mid-90s, there was that Toronto blessing that was going on in um, Canada um, when I was like two. Um, so I didn't know about it. Um, but I, but I, I knew they had kind of prepared me like, okay, um, they're a bit Pentecostal, like, People might be, like, falling over and stuff. Um, so I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. I've never seen that before. I thought, I thought I'd be, like, prepared and, like, ready. But 
little did I know. Um, so, um, yeah, so it's an int- it was an international leader school of ministry, they call it. So basically they were teaching on the Father, Heart of God, uh, like bringing the kingdom, um, how to hear the voice of God, how to pray for healing, um, and, oh, and inner healing. So get, like letting the Holy Spirit into your inner being and like to heal past hurts and stuff. Um, so the first... So we're going through, and I was liking the teaching. Like for so they were talking every time they talked on the Father Heart of God. It was surprising to me because um, I had heard all the, I knew all the stuff, I knew what the Bible said, but I didn't. But then all of a sudden, my heart was responding to this this message of the Father Heart, and I was going, "What's happening here?" Um, it's like I don't know. My spirit was just connecting with it, and like really being like, "Yes, like I need this." Um, I, I, I need a heavenly father. Um, so I was really liking it until, <laughs> I think it was like the Tuesday or Wednesday or something, and they, um, they had, like started praying for people. Everyone came up the front to get prayer and stuff, and people started falling over. And then I just remember looking around the room, and like, like so many people were on the ground, and people were just doing silly things like laughing and shaking and... Um, yeah, and so I was like, I just I thought I thought I'd be ready, but I hated it, and I was like, nah, it's demonic, hate it, don't want anything to do with it. Um, cried because it was just so confronting, like the power of God just swept through the room, and it was like, ooh, don't like it. Um, and yeah, so then like. I was with the Stevens, like wise sage Stevens. So he was like um, kind of coaching me through it, trying to be like, yeah, it's God, like, you know, giving me Bible verses about it and stuff. So um, we kept going through. And so it was from Monday to Friday. And I remember on the Thursday, the second last day, um, I was still kind of wrestling with all this stuff. And it was as if God had like ripped my heart open and it's like all my issues were in my face I remember sitting there during a break one time just being like I feel awful because like like all the distractions of normal life weren't there and like all my inner pains and like insecurities and stuff are all up in my grill and I'm going oh this is awful and um but it was all like the plan of God so on the Friday um the last day um, they had like, you know, tried to quell my fears. Stephen had tried to quell my fears as much as possible. And so I was just like, okay, I'm just going to close my eyes. Um, um, and like, I don't want to try to analyze what everyone's doing. Like the, the, um, the temptation is to like kind of look around being like, is that person faking it? Is that person real? Like what's happening? Um, and then you become a spectator, not a participator. So I was like, okay, I'm going to close my eyes the whole time and I'm not going to try to analyze what's happening. Um, so just closed my eyes and I was waiting there um, and the two main pastors, John and Carol Arnett, um, they were coming around and praying for people and Carol just kind of held my hands and my body went limp and I slumped to the floor and immediately as I hit the floor, my illogical brain was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Why are we on the floor right now? Like, I'm supposed to be the one holding us up, like helping you like move your limbs and stuff. Um, but by that time, I don't know, Holy Spirit had just birthed this faith within me. And I just prayed this simple prayer that they always pray, which is more, Lord. And I shook on the floor for the rest of the afternoon. Um, and I, I just, I wanted to explain that in detail because 
every time I've kind of talked about that part of my story, I've been like, oh yeah, no, Holy Spirit did this thing. And then um, blah, blah, blah. So I wanted to just explain like actually what physically happened. Like, so that's what happened. Um, and I'm not a raging Pentecostal, don't worry. Um, but that's the thing. Like, we don't really teach about Holy Spirit because there's all the, uh, the controversies about manifestations and what's God, what's not, prophetic words, and um, it's all too much. And so um, for the mainstream evangelical church, um, largely, it, Holy Spirit's kind of, we acknowledge him, but it's like, you can go maybe like 50%, but 51%, no, like, yes, you know, we sing the songs like, I love your presence, come Lord, like, you know, we want, we want you here. But, also, but at the same time, it's like, oh, but like we don't want to be a wacko Pentecostal church either. So maybe just like 50% come. Um, yeah, so we kind of treat him like this drunk uncle like at, that we have to invite to like family gatherings. But we, like, it's like, oh, you don't, it's like kind of awkward when he's here. Because um, you never know what will happen. He might just tell the truth about everyone. Um, so, yeah, so that was like, so then I, as I was preparing my message, I was like, I'm on this warpath of Holy Spirit now. So, um, yeah, back to experiencing the Lord for the first time. Um, yeah, I was on the floor, shook on the floor for the rest of the afternoon, and um, I was trying to, I was trying, I wanted to really explain it in detail. So I was trying to think, like, what was going on in that moment? Like, I don't still fully know, but I know that, you know how sometimes in a worship meeting, like when you're in a time of musical worship, like you're singing the words and all of a sudden it's like you go over this metaphorical waterfall and like the words take on life and it's like all of a sudden you, there's this quickening in your spirit and there's, you just want to like explode with praise if you've ever had that. That's kind of what it felt like. Um, it felt worshipful just to be in his presence um, and to let him like do whatever. It's like, I don't know what you're doing, but like, I'm going to, you know, let you do whatever. Um, yeah. And so from that moment, from that time on, if you knew me before that and now you would be like, yep, obviously like, you know, that was like a turning point in his life and can confirm it was. Um, so yeah, from that, I kind of describe it as he, from that time on, he kind of took my hand and ran and um, he became a real living being in my life and um, we started having conversations like I started hearing the voice of God um, and the Bible came alive to me I fell in love with Jesus um, and then one by one I watched as like each of my friends kind of were like this thing was pouring out of me to my friends um, and yeah for about two years after that I would say it was like a period of revival um, and it was amazing and we're seeing people get healed and um, both physically and like inner hurts being healed like Holy Spirit ministering through us like as we pray for someone and them getting like healed of like unforgiveness or like um, you know whatever whatever it was uh, or an insecurity or something it was like crazy and I uh, started operating in a lot of the gifts of the Spirit received tongues and um, yeah, prophecy and all the like supernatural stuff. Um, and yes, it was amazing. Um, and I, and I would call, I would say that I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
And I think that phrase gets kind of a bad rap because there's those there's that school of thought in Pentecostal some Pentecostal veins that are like that are like a bit weird about it like oh if you haven't if you don't speak in tongues you don't have the Holy Spirit but it's like nah um, <laughs> um, baptism of the Holy Spirit just literally means you're immersed in the Holy Spirit um, and it's just like and it and in I, I was reading through Acts and I was um, collating all these Bible verses and um, I. Um, trying to get like, um, because they the apostles lay their hands on all these new believers and they receive the Holy Spirit, and it's and it and it is a separate it's a separate thing to just salvation. Don't get me wrong, when you are saved, the moment you believe, you have the indwelling Spirit of God. But there's this separate experience that I don't know how to describe, but it's just the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And people have so many words for it the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the, the Holy Spirit coming upon you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I was listening to a sermon by Francis Chan um, who has written a book about Holy Spirit. And he's like, I don't know what they mean. <laughs> like, I don't know. All I know is that I want God. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just kind of want to, I'm going to share more about my life just so, because I don't want Holy Spirit and experiencing Holy Spirit in that way to be relegated to just, what's oh, those Pentecostals over there. Like, it's for everyone. And this is actually something that um, God is pouring out in, the, in our area, in the church in our area. You've got your Bapticostals nowadays, as they're affectionately known. Um, Baptist churches who are previously so, like, cessationist and, like, all oh, the gifts were only for the apostles um, have now, like, had like Holy Spirit's blown through and they're now like operating in the gifts of the Spirit and all this stuff. Um, and so it's not just me that's on this bandwagon, it's the Lord. Um, and it's like, and even leading up to Jesus' second return, it says that um, Jesus will come back for a bride without spot, wrinkle or blemish, um, fully alive and fully um, together and um, united in love. And I don't, that is not possible without Holy Spirit. Um, so this is something that God's doing. Um, oh yeah. Sorry, I'm a P. I'm very all over the place. Apologies to the J's. Yeah, so all my friends started um, receiving this same thing that was like that I had experienced, and I thought this is like crazy. Um, and then I think about like the verse in the Bible where it talks about Jesus is. Did I just do something to the slide? Oh yeah, um, I've got Bible verses there, but I'm not sure what order they're in. So have fun. Um, the Bible verse where Jesus. Um, He's at the Feast of Tabernacles and he suddenly stands up and cries out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And it's like, when was the last time we, we had rivers of living water flowing out of us? Um, I believe the, major, that the majority of the powerlessness in the church at the moment is due to our neglect of the Holy Spirit. 
and his daily work in our lives and his still small voice whispering to us. The fact that it's like more common for people to have seen porn than to have actually stood for righteousness and not look like gone like gone down down that road in the church as well. Like we need Holy Spirit. Like he's the he's the one that's strong within us to defeat sin and um, help us overcome uh, the world. I've got three impacts here. Well, I've got five, six technically, but I'm going to talk about three. So the first impact about Holy Spirit that I want to talk about is His presence within us. And just like the... I'll just talk a bit about how crazy it is that God is in us. Um, Oh, that's right. I had a like theme verse. What's my what's my theme verse again? Sorry, I came from Caitlin's wedding. It was in five hours out of Sydney. Had to drive home today. A little bit tired. Um, Caitlin von Berkey for those playing at home. Yeah. So this is the verse that I wanted to kind of read out. But now uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples um, before he goes to the cross. He goes, "But now I go away to him who sent me." And none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. That's from John 16, 5. Um, And I've always read that. And when Jesus goes, um, it's to your advantage that I go away, this thing in me was like, no, no. Like, I want Jesus. I want Jesus, like, to be here. Um, And so I've never, like, yes, I've understood, like, yeah, okay, Holy Spirit's pretty good. Um, But I've always been like, but, like, Jesus, like, we want him to come back and all this stuff. Um, And as I was going, like, preparing um, for the sermon, I kind of came to the realization, and, like, so God, so I kind of always saw it as, like, a, like him sending Holy Spirit, I always sort of thought of, thought of it like, oh, it's kind of like this plan B, like just until Jesus comes back and then we can be with him, um, that we have this like Holy Spirit that he poured out. But it was like God wanted to be close to us so much that he didn't just want to be Emmanuel, God with us, which we celebrated with Advent and Christmas, um, but he wanted to be God in us. And is that verse still up there? Yeah, this is kind of seen in this glimpse of like the emotions of Jesus' heart. Um, this is a, this he said this in kind of a lonely time in his ministry. Um, um, people, he was trying to tell them like, like you know, I'm going to go away, like I'm going to die on a cross, and they just weren't getting it. Like the disciples just were like, no, like we need you here. Um, so he's kind of alone, um, and no, and like no one understands him, no one gets him. And so in the midst of this, he, come, he comes and says this um, thing, this desire from his heart comes out of his mouth. I've come to send fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled, but I have a baptism to be baptized with and how distressed I am till it is accomplished. So he's saying like, I want to pour out my spirit on you, but I can't do that yet until I go to the cross and die and am glorified at the right hand of the Father again. So we see how like his burning desire to be with his people, that he just doesn't want to be God with us. He wants to be God in us. Um, I thought that was pretty good. Um, 
And just um, the amazement of, have you ever thought, like, how is God in us? Like, you've probably heard, like, you know, Sunday school, like, the common church thing is, like, um, pray, uh, accept Jesus into your heart and Jesus will come and live in your heart. That's actually Holy Spirit that's doing, that's how Jesus is in us. Like, it, Jesus is actually physically at the right hand of the Father right now. But through Holy Spirit, He's the reason that we have access to the Father in Jesus. And it's crazy. Crazy. There's a verse in 2 Chronicles. God asked Solomon to build a, the temple. And Solomon's like, but who is able to build him a house since heaven, even highest heaven, cannot contain him? We have the God that the highest heaven cannot contain living inside of us. That is paradoxical and a mystery, and theology can't explain that. Um, so that's his presence within us, that constant helper, that constant companion. Second impact I have is this, um, he gives us the spirit of revelation. And that's basically like, have you ever been reading the Bible and all of a sudden something smacks you in the face off the page and it's like you've heard it for the first time? I remember um, <laughs> I, was, I read about, it was something about like some verse about God is good, the goodness of God. And all of a sudden, like Holy Spirit just whispered this thing into my, into my mind, like, um, like, I am, like, I am God. I, don't, I didn't have to be good. Like, I could be a, a cruel, vindictive God and you would have to deal with it because you're man and I'm God. But goodness is what I am. Goodness is my character trait. And I thought, oh, like, amazing. Like, we need Holy Spirit to open the scriptures up to us. And so I'm going and telling everyone, like, God didn't have to be good. Like, he's just, he just is. And, and they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Yep, good. And it's like, so there's that personal, like, revelation that he gives you. Um, and it just, come, it just came alive in that moment. And other people were in a different season, so they were just like, yeah, that's cool, I guess. Um, so, yeah, he reveals... Oh, there's that, oh, I wish I had that Bible verse about Jesus says that the help, the Holy Spirit will reveal the things of the Father and like the, the things of Jesus to us. He doesn't speak on his own accord, but he, he speaks what the Father and Jesus speak. Um, yeah, it's like, it's not just, Holy Spirit within us is not just like this force or this thing that heals people or speaks to us sometimes, but He's actually implanted his very nature and his character inside of us, um, which is part of the um, power that he gives us to overcome, is that um, we have the very essence of God within us to change us from the inside out. Um, third impact, he gives us, uh, he pours out upon us purity and passion. Um, and purity, duh, he's the Holy Spirit. Um, he leads us into all truth. He leads us into righteousness. Um, yeah, and as I said before, I believe the very, the reason that the church is so powerless, it seems so like, we just, we just compromise so easily and we give in to like the world and um, even now like controversial, but same-sex marriage, that debate was going on and the amount of 
churches and people that have compromised and been like, oh, no, like the Bible, it's all love, you know, um, but the Bible's quite clear about it. Like, that's the truth. And not even just because the Bible says, like, you shouldn't be same-sex attracted or whatever, but even just with, for me personally, in my spirit, it wasn't just the religion dictating to me, like, that's the rules, I need to follow them. There was this, like, it was like Holy Spirit within me was like, that's not who you are. That's not what you were made for. Um, here, let me show you a more excellent way. Um, yeah, so there's purity and passion. And as I said, after that initial experience of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I, I fell in love with Jesus. I, it was just like my, life was, my whole life was not enough to give to him. Um, I just, it was like the woman who gives that one coin and Jesus is like, she has like given from like all of that she has. Um, and that wasn't my will, that, that wasn't my will or my mind telling me to like, you know, I'm going to now give everything to God. That was like a grateful spirit within me, knowing that God loves me and has truly placed his very life inside of me. It, I just, it was just amazing. I, I, I wish, I wish I could just explain it. Like, but I, like at the end of this sermon, <laughs> I'm gonna ask for anyone who comes, wants to come up and um, get prayed for to experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the thing is, it's not even about the manifestations. It's easy to shake. It's easy to fall over. It's easy to laugh. The hard stuff is when Holy Spirit asks you to forgive that person who wronged you or don't put the finger up at that car in the traffic that cut you off. <laughs> um, you know, that stuff's the hard stuff, the day-by-day -day stuff. Um, it wasn't that, it wasn't the physical, like, you know, the shaking or whatever that changed me. It was my response to him afterwards and the, the way that he poured himself into me and out through me um, that changed me. And I don't, I, I, I honestly think, have you ever, do you ever think like, where would I be without the Lord? And it's like, ooh, I shudder. Um, but I, sometimes I think about that and I think, I don't know if I would still be around. I don't know if I'd still be a Christian if God hadn't met me in that way. Like he's really smart and he knew like how to like encounter me in the best possible timing in the best possible way. Um, and Yeah, so I don't really want to say much more. Um, I'll just finish with this. Um, yeah, if if many of if any of you have seen me, I know some of you have seen me in um, certain contexts, and like I'm pretty expressive. Um, I have too many stories. Um, I did a three-month school in, um, on the Father Heart of God in um, New Zealand. And just there's this one time someone was speaking and then something, I don't know what happens when God manifests his presence. Because, you know, like God's always there, but there's this special like thing that he does where he reveals it himself, like his tangible presence to us. And that happened, and it's like, the message is over. It's like, there's nothing more to be said. Like, 
Um, there's this Korean woman rolling up and down the floor and like people are laughing and falling over. And I, and I just, I, I just laughed. I just had uncontrollable laughter on the floor for two hours. And just like, and it was like building a history in God, like those experiences don't make you more holy. They don't make you completely whole and delivered, but you get up from those experience, you get up from those experiences changed in some way or another and filled again. And it's not just a one-time experience. It's a continual infilling that we need. Um, and you don't have to feel anything. The most powerful anointed people that just like touch someone and they crumple to the floor, they have no manifestations or shaking or whatever. Um, but it's kind of fun, so I'd love to see some of you experience that. Um, <laughs> not going to lie. Um, yeah, so just those times of being in a room where like the glory of God hits and um, just seeing grown women just flailing their legs like a cockroach on their back. Um, and it's stupid. It's silly. Like <laughs> It's so dumb. But all I can think of to explain it is like, he uses the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And it forces you to become a child. Um, and because he wants us to come to him as a child, with childlike faith. And I want us to, I want us tonight to get rid of our misconceptions. And, you know, like as soon as I started the sermon, as soon as I said Holy Spirit or baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'm sure many of you had like, alarm bells or like certain walls or misgivings about it come up in your mind. But I just want us to put those aside. Can we just do that for tonight and become children that need their father? Um, yeah, I'll finish with this verse. Um, Jesus says, oh yeah, could the music team come up please? Uh, I haven't done this before. Um, uh, Jesus says, What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Um, if you then, who are evil, know how, to good, how to, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? God, Holy Spirit's a big boy, and He knows how to encounter His people. And He knows the timing and He knows exactly how. And He's got a plan. He's got a plan for your life. Because I've lived, I've, lived I've lived without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've lived without that that abiding presence and I don't want to live any other way I don't want to live without that it's not about the individual experience though I hope some people get one tonight um, it's about him in you like he, God is real like just the reality of God hitting you and that's why Paul prays in Ephesians, I think it is, he prays that that you would know what is the height, 
the width, the depth, the length of God's love, the love that surpasses understanding. He asks that we would know this love, even though it surpasses understanding, which tells us that it's a different knowing. It's not an intellectual knowing. It's an experiential knowing. And that's backed up in the Greek. I don't know the words. Um, Gnosko, I think one of them is. Um, they've got two words for knowing. That's what I mean. One of them, one of them is the intellectual knowing. One of them is the knowing through experience. And Paul prays that we would know through experience the love that surpasses the intellectual understanding. So just come, if you want to, you're allowed to ask God to experience Him. You're allowed to ask God to touch you. You're allowed to ask for more of Him. Um, and it doesn't make you a raging Pentecostal, it makes you a Christian, fully alive. Um, so I hope somewhere in that rambling of my life and random Bible verses, you got something. Um, so just come with hungry hearts, come as a child, um, and I'll pray for you and we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs>